0: Today's conversation contributes to the task of making meaning out of the events of January 6th, 2021.
1: This is Jews Talk Racial Justice with April and
0: Tracy. A weekly show hosted by April Baskin and Tracy Guy Decker. In
1: a complex world, change takes courage. Wholehearted relationships can keep us accountable. It's important that we as a collective, particularly within the Jewish community, but also in our country more generally, more deeply understand our country's history around racism and white supremacy. And it isn't fair because hypothetically, in a just loving world, we wouldn't the onus wouldn't be on us. And yet it is, because what we saw on January 6th, besides a number of different things, including deeply disturbing images and destruction is the continual impact of white supremacist delusion continuing to play itself out until we engage in truth and reconciliation and reparations and create a new path for our country. I saw, I shared, as I shared with you, Tracy, that week, um, what we saw to me was such an excellent depiction of the broader impact of white supremacy on our country. That often people only think about the way that it harms black people and people of color. um, but racism and white supremacy culture, or I really love how Sonia Renee Taylor calls it a white supremacist delusion because it to me it sort of softens it in a way and it states more clearly what it is. Uh, it's also self-destructing. Its sole purpose is to continually grow and survive at all costs, even the costs of its own people is to maintain power, power over in a toxic, Way And it's so deeply steeped in violence that it's just going to continue to wreak havoc. Now, what I, I take courage and hope and inspiration in is the fact that I do believe for various reasons, as Van Jones said, that this is the beginning of white supremacy's death rattle. Um but I think it's worthwhile for us to talk about this subject. I know I have a very different take than most people. And there now have been a range of people who have spoken really brilliantly about this, but I thought it would be nice for us to engage in conversation about it for at least a few minutes and share some of our Jewish racial justicey perspectives on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The thing that, um, came up for me just now, as you were talking about white supremacy and the way that it is self-destructive, it was, um, I mean, appropriate since we're living in this age of pandemic is that it really sounded like a virus that destroys its host. Um, which, um, Mm. which is that metaphors is helpful too in thinking about healing because, um, virus doesn't have to it doesn't have to be deadly, um, so you know there there are antibodies and, and other ways that the body naturally fights off viruses. So that that was one sort of metaphor that was coming up as you were talking. Um, and the thing, though, specifically from our Jewish lens, that I wanna I wanna name. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, um, especially since <clears throat> on January sixth, some of the photos. The juxtaposition is just striking of um, visibly Jewish uh, Orthodox men who marched, I, I who marched with the insurrectionists, with carrying signs that said "Take America back," you know, with payas and the full, the full garb, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and also the um, the young man who was photographed wearing furs and holding a police shield is apparently the son of a very prominent family in New York Orthodox um culture. Um, oh wow. Yeah, his dad is a New York a New York judge, Supreme Court judge. I don't remember which circuit his dad sits on, but the family is a prominent family oh. within the New York Orthodox community. And he was in the inner sanctum. I mean that photograph of him <clears throat> sitting on the bench. And and photographs from that day included the man wearing the Camp Auschwitz t-shirt. And the the other guy wearing the 6mWE, which thank you to the interwebs, who taught me that that means six million wasn't enough. And so what occurs to me is that this virus is so powerful, this delusion is so powerful that it actually has convinced some that the truth that threat is not the threat. I mean, and yeah, you know, and so it's this, this, the same folks, the same white Jews, who make excuses for and um, somehow manage to justify the current <clears throat> talking points of the of the Trump administration are the ones who want to disqualify my synagogue from taking part with them in any kind of activities because we have a Black Lives Matter sign out front. So you know what's, what's the real enemy here? Is it the fact that some black folks in the movement feel a kinship with Palestinians or is it six MWE? Come on guys. Like let's, let's get real
1: about what the threat is. Right. And really, and really right. (laughs) Go through that and, and, and take a really close look at that. Um, Oh, I just want to notice the um, that for some particularly, but not exclusively, people who are the descendants of uh, those who survived and also didn't survive the Holocaust, that that is can be deeply upsetting to see those images. And as well as for Black people to see Confederate flags yeah. uh, in the Capitol building can conjure up similar... And different uh, feelings of terror, right? Uh, And as you well know, and as people on our email list well know, I'm in a very different place with it right now, but I hold space as someone who experiences a range of fear and terror and feelings around other things as well. But I completely hold that um, all feelings about this are uh, important, and it's important that we honor them as they arise so that we can access healing that we need. Um, I want to go back to something you said about this virus uh, that, uh, that the way disease or a virus works in a system or when a cell becomes diseased often at times it's because it stops working with the other organic, with the other cells and um, parts of the body around it, that it has this toxic, independence. Um, And I didn't write down other notes. There was something specifically I wanted to say when you were talking about that, that came up that I thought was very an, an interesting corollary in the States. Oh, right. Is that, and like a virus, there's not a lot of benefit. I mean, there is, and there isn't some could disagree with this, but if we look at The beneficiaries, supposedly, the supposed beneficiaries, many of the people at the Capitol building, like it's just this, it's this, it's this very smart virus, as you said, that works to shut down organs and systems and then cause a form of psychosis where you think it's something outside of you that is the cause and you are attacking other things as opposed to taking an antibiotic like truth and reconciliation, like. Intercultural dialogue and connecting with people across lines of difference when they have the energy and bandwidth and resource to do so, to create healing and communication, right? The, the, the point that I think I wanted to make, as I'm remembering, is that um, most people who have been taught this warped sense of thinking lift it up even as they're struggling financially. Like I just I can't remember did I talk about this kid I went to school with Mike Jones in when I lived in Southwestern Virginia? I don't think so. Yeah, so this kid terrorized me first through 3rd grade when I lived in the Roanoke area of Virginia and um I feel like hesitant about saying his name but it's such a common name that I I'm, I'm trying to be sort of vague but like and it was well known that his father uh, was um a core leader in the Ku Klux Klan in the, I always say it wrong. I always like that when I say it incorrectly in the Ku Klux Klan and that's how seriously I'm Take it on some level, but, um, uh, and he would call me the N word and dirt and various animal names and would harass me on the playground and all that ever happened to him when I would tell the teacher is sometimes nothing. Sometimes he would get a five minute timeout right? And he brought, um, he bullied me <laughs> constantly, first through third grade. And I was so afraid of him and the threat of what he represented with his family. Um, And I found him on Facebook a couple years ago and I occasionally go and check his page, right? And he has a picture with one Black friend. So I find that interesting. So I wonder if he's gone through some healing, you know, but like, he's like, but then he's standing in front of the justice department with his middle fingers up and, and like he, his teeth are falling out and he's very skinny. Like he looks sickly. And again, to me, it's such a depiction of what white supremacy does is it? it focuses it. And also just in general, karmically and energetically, this is something that happens to all people. Like when you focus, that's why I work on forgiveness in my own life and whoo, It can be very hard, particularly when I've been specifically hurt or attacked, you know, at times, whether it's in relationships or things by strange, you know, but it's really, I find it's very important to me to get to a place that the energy I put out is also energy that's within me. Hmm. Right. So I need to be really aware outside of a practice of very um, intentional, skillful releasing to get it out and let it go. But if I start channeling it, that means I'm in a relationship with whatever that is. Right. And so when one is conditioned uh, to have that level of hatred for another person, it comes at the expense. At times of their well-being, whether it's their physical well-being or in their relationships or their mental health, that there is uh, that we are not independent of that energy that we are projecting, that we are channeling, that that energy it means it's coming through us, which means it, we are becoming the source of it, which means, means means that there needs to be a well of that from within us in order to project that out at somebody else. Right. And so I wonder if you have anything else to say, cause I kind of want to switch gears.
0: It's really interesting to me. What I'm, what I'm grappling with right now is um, I think you and I spoke briefly about Isabel Wilkerson's cast, her book mm-hmm. cast, and sort of thinking about the um, race race as a caste system in, in the U S and I, she's very compelling. Um, and that, and the against one's own interest she, she deals with that directly you know we economists look at choices that um working class whites make and say mm-hmm. why are they you know voting against their own their own best interests or working against their own best interest. Um, and the caste system explains it. It's because it's not economic interest, it's caste interest that is that is driving their decision making. And um, and so what I'm thinking, what I'm grappling with is I I believe you, I follow you. It resonates for me that when you are when you are sending that kind of hatred out into the world, it can't help but sort of, you know, eat you up inside. And I'm sort of thinking about like how knowing that we are living in this caste system and figuring out how to like interrupt it, like what are the antibodies for that particular virus um, as your as your or what would be the antiviral medication that we could um as individuals and collectively kind of bring into the space to help combat that negative energy that hierarchical thinking and um i i'm 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 still kind of pondering that but that's that's where i was going when you were talking um and that's where i was
1: going too cool. because i just wanted to name and maybe i wanted to make clear like that to me what was happening is so what has what happened on January 6th is what's happening in general in our country. We're just so used to when we don't have an alternative. We don't have something like the Capitol building that's beautiful. We don't have a country in which there is desegregation in which we're accessing the full capacity of our brains and living in a thriving, vibrant, society that is a leader in the world genuinely that engages with power and power with that we are able to access resources in our lives and our cities are set up differently where we have easy access to a number of different things and our children get to meet children from around the world and they're pre- prepared to be global citizens and all of these different like and, and the toll of like what would it begin to look like for each of us if there were so many people who weren't um I'm not referring to the pandemic right now, although that too, but just in general, who weren't plagued with chronic illnesses because they got the healthy food that they needed. What would that do for our economies? What could the side, like what could those doctors just even in their individual doctors and individual hospitals in their own practice, if we had enough wellness with that's totally within the realm of reason, this is not complex stuff. This is just some buildings in different places. And I'm I'm saying like, it is huge shift, but it's not like it's, this is like, I'm talking about building a colony in outer space, right? This is just shifting policy and property taxes. Like what, which I know these are big things, but like shifting, like just subtle shifts that would begin to help energy move that would help us feel more comfortable. Everyone in each town to feel, what would it be like psychologically for every person's brain in each of our countries and each of our counties and cities and towns around the country to feel like I feel safe. If, what if every person felt safe in every neighborhood? Yeah. yeah. To visit it, to be there, to work in, to play in, right? And so, so I understand that perhaps it might not be fully, but to me in my mind, it's so clear that this, that what we were seeing is how white supremacy is deeply self-destructive and is completely illogical, right? Um, and so I just wanted to drive that that point home of like, if you're wondering what impact racism and white supremacy has on America, that is a metaphor of what it is doing. It is messing up our abilities to to function in effective, robust ways. It's affecting us around being able to affect policy for us to all feel safe. When we have racial justice, we will all collectively feel safer in our homes and in our lives. Also, um, ending the patriarchy and misogyny would deeply help all of us feel safer in our bodies and feel better about our bodies. Right. Men, women, Men and
0: mm-hmm.
1: gender and non-conforming man. people in between. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It, um, yeah, I think you're right.
1: There's right? a there, now. I, there's another whole other piece about this that I want to talk about, but maybe that's like. Next episode. So, with that, I think, you know, like, I mean, to me, what I would say as a precursor for a future episode is um, we totally have a pathway forward. In the
0: Jewish lexicon, I would say it's not in heaven. Right, I mean that's what Hashem says to us. Like it's it's not in heaven for you to come get it. You have the power
1: um, within yourselves. Um, yeah, it's it, here. It's, it's totally, and we're doing house. it. Right. To me, this is why they're doing what they're doing. Like these racists. One, they one. So there's a couple different narratives here, and I think there's a little bit of truth and validity in all of it. Like there's a way in which it's been clear that that kind of thing hasn't been acceptable. And there's also a way that they are, this virus is acting up because it knows its days are numbered. If, if they were in power, if they had power, they would, like, I just, and I, and I recognize that for some people, and I pray to God that what I'm saying and my sensing is accurate. So I want to say this with humility. With humility, I state that from my reading, this is not the same as Kristallnacht. This is not what this was. If for no other reason, then these folks attacked the entire country when they came, like they did not pick a specific subgroup as a mob that represented the majority to target a minority. This is a group of people that is going against of the losing party that is going against the majority of Americans who voted lawfully for this new reality. They are losing. And we all are still losing because of the ongoing impact of white supremacy, but it is starting to lose some steam. The arc, that long arc, has started to bend a bit more toward justice, which is why they felt in the need to take the money that they actually do have to fly to DC and make this ruckus. So I think I'm going to stop there for now. I want to dive into, and I maybe that could be a good first episode for our second season. Everybody's listening in impromptu celebration. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's my very typical brain again. <laughs> Quick year change. Yeah. I'm excited for the future. I want those in D.C., especially people who are in the U.S. Capitol building um, and everyone around the country and the world, honestly, everyone who experienced trauma on January 6th of this year. Uh, individually and collectively gets the healing that you need in order to begin to feel whole again and to notice that we are looking at a lot of work ahead of us, but also a lot of possibility and potential. And so my hope and prayer for you is that you continue to heal if that's what you need. I made a playlist for folks to help them move along, we'll include that in the show notes if you're not already uh, sus- uh, subscribed to it that has songs of healing and songs of um, declaration of uh, the freedom and well-being that we want for our country and each other across lines of difference within what we hope can truly become the robust multiracial democracy uh, and just multiracial democracy that we dream America can be. Any other thoughts, Tracy? I think I just close with saying that there's,
0: there's folks who keep saying this isn't who we are. I don't think that's true. This is exactly who we are, but, yeah, but it's not who we have to be. And that's, that's what I want to, really focus on, um, is that it's not who we have to be.
1: We can be better. We can be better. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. Our show's theme music was composed by Elliot Hammer. You can find this track and other beats on Instagram at Elliot Hammer. If this episode resonated with you, please share it and subscribe. To join the conversation, visit JewsTalkRacialJustice.com, where you can send us a question or suggestion, access our show notes, and learn more about our team. Take care until next time and stay humble and keep going.